Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. You are listening to 3CR's Spoken Word, and I am your host, George O'Hara. And today, I wasn't last week, but uh, for the next three or four weeks, we are going to have a live recording from our 3CR's Spoken Word 2019 fundraiser. Uh, I'm going to oh, try to squeeze it into three shows, but it might have to be four shows. Uh, but I'll get straight on into it. The first one is an introduction of uh, Brendan introducing Claire Gaskin. So let's have a listen to them. I do have. <laughs> <laughs> I have an official bio, but I'll, I'll tell you about the first time that. Uh... Well, it wasn't the first time, but it was one of the first times I saw Claire at the um, the uh, a gig in Richmond called the <coughs> <laughs> the gig that shall not be named. Uh, and Michael Reynolds, who's another feature poet here, um, and I both quoted this on Facebook as we heard it. It said, "What is a photo but the refusal of the future?" Which was one, of, which is <laughs> a line from Claire Gaskin. <laughs> Which resonates with me, so, and exemplifies her beautiful poetry. Um, she packs so much into so little space, and there's so much room between the lines for deep contemplation. Um, and now for the official bio. Claire Gaskin has been writing and publishing her poetry extensively for over three decades. A snail in the f in the ear of the Buddha. I was going to say the fear of the Buddha. That's good. Yeah. You could do a reprint. You do a reprint. Snail in the Fear of the Buddha. <laughs> was published by Soup Publications in 1998, when I wasn't very old. She completed her next collection of poetry, A Bud, which is awesome. In the, uh, and that was the receipt of a literature board grant for 2003. And that was released by John Leonard Press in 2006 and was shortlisted in the John Bray South Australian Festival Awards for Literature in 2008. Her poetry has been anthologised in Australian Poetry 2009, Motherlode, Australian Love Poems 2013, Best Australian Poems 2009, 2010 and 2013, and in Contemporary Australian Poetry and Contemporary Australian Feminist Poetry. Paperweight was published in 2013 by Hunter Publishers, also a fantastic book. And her latest collection, Eurydice Speaks, is forthcoming with Hunter Publishers. And she's currently working on her next collection with the working title of Ismini's Survivable Resistance. So without further ado, here's Claire Gaskin. Yeah. Thank you very much, Brendan. That's great. And and thanks for this opportunity. So I'm reading from... <laughs> That's all right. We'll, we'll cope. So I'm reading from my collection, Eurydice Speaks. So this is a collection of sonnets. They're Boolean sonnets which means sonnet pairs. So the second of the pair works with the words in the first sonnet 
and with some noun substitution. And then when I did that, um, when I finished the collection, I decided to make them linked sonnets so that the last line of every sonnet becomes the first of the next. So it's called Eurydice Speaks because I'm merging my voice with Eurydice's. So Eurydice's is living in the underworld. So I'm working with the idea that some of us walk around living in an underworld. So the idea of the underworld stands in for depression or, or living with trauma. So, um, and which I think is a really valid place to speak from. So Eurydice's in the Greek myth was just had a bit part in Orpheus's life. So this is about Eurydice's, a contemporary Eurydice speaking for herself. And yeah, because they're um, linked, I'll, I'll read, you know, 15 minutes worth. Let's see how we go. Eurydice speaks. Stumbling on steps flowing with water. We are only doing this because we love you. I dreamt my boots were filling with water. Leaving, dragging on afterwards. I drank a bottle of scotch a day when you left. The anaesthetist asked if I can climb a flight of steps without puffing. Telling our stories is leaving a trail of breadcrumbs we know the birds will eat. Your flowers between me and the man opposite me, saying no to any more treatment. On a suspended staircase, waiting for it to attach to something. I'll pray for you. I love you. God bless you. My body, my body waited. My mother's valve is leaking. Driving, you have the sun halving you. Thinking in polarities, our life is in pieces. Thinking in polarities, our life is in pieces. Stumbling on stereotypes flowing with wattle. We are only doing this because we lullaby you. I dreamt my bootlaces were film, leaving drags afterwards. I drank a boulder of bougainvillea when you left. The analyst asked if I can climb the flight of stalemates while puffing. Telling our stories is leaving a trail of breadwinners we know the birds will eat. Your flowerings between me and your management oppresses me. The scaffolding no to any more treatment. On a suspended stamen waiting for its attitude to something. I'll pray for you. I'll lug you. I'll lullaby you. My body waited in my mother's vapour. Drooping, you have the sundial halving you. Drooping, you have the sundial halving you. Thinking in polarities, our life is in petals. Losing your footing on the sandbar, the sea rocking us together, locking the sea out. To go in deeper, you had to come in closer to shore. 
What would happen if I allowed myself to feel what happened? Your promise, a stone of anxiety. The broken wrist of the beer glass, the wet asphalt. I feel the rest of our timeline, wet, salt skin. A slippery afterbirth, ribbons through my fingers. The cicadas are so loud so the birds won't eat them. The extremities are easy, it's in between that's hard. Can't see the person for the paper cutouts of profiles from shadows. Can't see the person for the paper cutouts of profiles from shadows. The years break like facts. The years fall like anchors. Losing your footing on the sandbar. The seabird rocking us together, locking the sea out. To go in deeper, you had to come in closer to shortage. What would happen if I allowed myself to feel what happened? Your proof of aphorism. The broken writer. The wet aspiration. I feel the restatement of our timeline's wet salutation. A slippery afterbirth riddles through my fires. The cinders are so loud so the births won't eat them. The eyes are easy, it's in between that's hard. The eyes are easy, it's in between that's hard. Can't see the personality for the paperweight profundities. The yells breakfast like angels. The yells fall like anecdotes. My memory is a bruised apple, soft under the unbroken skin. The sink unblocks at the same time the alarm goes off. The fact that we are together again proves the inner worm as boneless as the outer world. I sow cumin seeds into the seams of your jacket. I fear sand and living my life not accounting for the grains. In your reappearance, your disappearance is enacted. All my life and his dingo breath is still hot in the face of you leaving me. The sand from our day in my bed, a cloth over the mirrors. A cloth over the mirrors so the reflected moonlight doesn't attract predators. The tower of the inner life, struck by the likelihood, the unlikelihood of your return. My mentality is a bruised appreciation, soft under squirmish. The siren unblocks at the same time the albatross takes off. Failing that we are together again proves the inner worship as boneless as the outer worry. I sow spume into the seascape. In your reassurance, your discarding is enacted. All my life and relic breath is still hot in the facing. The sandstorm from our days in my bed. 
a cloth over the misconceptions, a cloth over the misconceptions. So the f reflected morality doesn't attract predispositions. The trace of the inner light struck by the limit, the unlimited of your return. My framed death hanging against these withdrawals. Is there progress in this alienation? Is there no life? with no chance to reflect. Here I am, I am in my empty rest. The sound, the rhythmic sound of someone raking. Lots of people now dead have raked leaves. My body was broken where the two rivers met. I keep myself busy, means I distract myself. I am busy means I am relevant. I am busy means I am relevant. Those who need to do art. Those who don't do life. <laughs> Paying focused attention makes purpose. My writing is an attempt to uncover the mirror I said she died instead of she got married. <laughs> Waking to full emptiness, love self-dawns. My frame debater hankering against these wisdoms. Is there promise in this alienation? Is there no light with no chaos to reflect? Here I am. I am in my empty restatement. The sounding, the rhythmic sounding of someone raking. Loyalists of perception now dead have raked leaves. My body was bolted. I kept myself a busy mediator. I kept myself a busy mediator. I am busy meddler, meddler. I am busy meddler. I am relevant. Those who need to heal do ascent. Those who don't do lifetime. Pain-focused attraction makes pursuit. My writing is an attendance to uncover the miscarriage. I said she died instead of she got married. Waking to full emptiness, love self-dawns. Nothing happens next. My head is in the hollow between his biceps and his pecs. My right arm over his stomach with my hand behind his lower back where the flesh is soft. My other arm under my body numb. Arm under my body numb. My breasts separated. One down his side, the other on his chest. Nothing happens next. My right leg over his thigh. His sinuses are blocked and he is snoring. If life means nothing, then this is everything. Nothing happens next. Nuance happens next. 
My headache is in the hollow between his biceps and his pecs. My right armistice over his stomach with my hand behind his lower back where the flight is soft. My other back where the flight is soft. My other arm under my body numb. My breast separated. One down his side, the other on his chest. Novelty happens next. My right leg over his thigh. His sinuses are blocked and he is snoring. If life means nothing, then this is everything. Nuance happens next. Standing tall and stalled when he looks back. The day sighs as closed as Orpheus's doubt. The damp down here flowers into dance. The dancers understand it's a full body but they have lost their faces. Thank you for listening. I, uh, I love you know, the chance to be able to sit down and you know, through your words have something really introspective and meditative. and The rawness of words, that finding the essence of it, finding the story. The longest distance in us is the curve of the S. I think writing is the best medicine that you know can heal you so quickly. I think that the community of poets is one of the best communities out because we do support each other. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so tragic, isn't it? This is spoken word on 3CR Community Radio. Yes, and uh, we were actually playing uh, some of the older stings uh, at the show, so I thought I'd let that run on. Uh, Santo does go on stage directly after him saying, this is 3CR Spoken Word, saying, um, why have the live Santo when you can have the recording? But I will rush on. Uh, so next up is uh, Dyke Cousins uh, introducing Alan Pentland. So let's have a listen to that. Well, it gives me great pleasure to introduce the star of stage and screen who's been, who've been in Melbourne for decades and decades doing amazing work. And I wanted to share with you some personal anecdotes from our shared youth, which was very, very long time ago. And um, when comedy was in its infancy in Melbourne and we had venues like The Last Laugh and The Flying Trapeze Cafe. And um, uh, at that time, um, I was a, sort of a runaway teenager and Alan was a star already. And uh, he, he had a number of extraordinary comedy shows which... Um, he did, you know, at these venues like The Last Laugh, which are sort of the iconic um, evolutionary moment that brought forth what is now the amazing comedy scene in Melbourne. And one of these shows which he did was um, a stripping act. And I thought everyone should know because everyone's forgotten, but I, I was there and I... I <laughs> I remember, <laughs> and um, and in the comedy act, he uh, he got he got all all of his clothes off, and then 
he got down to a stocking with uh, a sort of a um, uh, one of those wire things that bounce around on the ground and then it had a kind of a long tail that ended all the way to the other end of the stage and it was hilarious. And then later on, as I discovered tonight, it actually led to a career in stripping, <laughs> which was... I guess, you know, you have your threshold experiences and then <laughs> they go somewhere and, and it, it went on to another level, but it didn't last. And, um, and <laughs> Alan, Alan became a very successful person in television and everything else. And I was very excited to find him come, coming back to the smaller scene of the Melbourne poetry scene a few years ago and to um, discover his words which are now in in this new poetical form and and uh, but he's still very funny so I welcome to the stage Alan Pentland so the Tone of the whole evening goes down now. <laughs> now, actually, since Di mentioned it, yeah, I, I actually was a professional stripper for six weeks. And um, it was when I was doing comedy, and I've got to tell you how it happened, because comedy's a tough gig, you know. You can you do these nights and some night you just... the It's like the audience just wants to hate you. Um, you know, that's sometimes it feels like that when you're working by yourself. And then I met a, a friend of mine come up and he said, oh, what are you doing? I've got this job and most of the time, some nights my job is I've just got to turn the house lights on to calm the audience down. They're having so much fun. And I'm going, that sounds great. <laughs> what are you, where are they? And he told me, and it was a, a band of male strippers. And, he, and they said, well, come along and have a look. Because I already I'd had a comedy strip act. And so I went along and I've got to tell you, this was in a tiny little disco in uh, Paran called The Shaft. <laughs> and it had a, it was sort of like a miniature Saturday night fever. It had the sort of light up dance floor thing. <laughs> and the axe came and I was just going as an observer to see whether I really wanted to dip my toe in this water. And... You know, and the acts came on and they were, they were flamboyant after flamboyant. And then the final guy came on was a guy called the Great Sorel, six foot of rippling muscle. Now, in actual fact, the backstory is he was a gay guy that had been to the Vietnam War and had a really bad time. But nevertheless, he was working his way through that by becoming a dancer. And he wasn't really good enough to be a proper dancer, so he was a stripper. But he loved, most people did three minutes. He did 20 minutes. <laughs> He just went on and on and he had like spangly thing under spangly thing under spangly thing. It just and it was just I thought this is amazing this guy but then it got down to the end he was down on his haunches on the ground and the, the audience like this was early days the audience were a lot of them were like mums and dads there were some blue rinse ladies in the audience and in a little circle not far from the stage and he's down on his haunches with nothing the final jock strap on and a, and, a, and a towel and stuff. And then he did this thing where he had, you know those tubes of glow-in-the-dark xylem stuff, you buy them at festivals? He had one of them with a hole in it and he started wanking it off and all of this fluorescent cum landed on the front row and the ladies were going, ah! 
And I thought, I have to work with that man. <laughs> He's a genius. Wow. Anyway, well, you know everything about me now. <laughs> um, so, you're enjoying that too much. <laughs> Look, a um, bit of a technology question. Um, oh, I didn't bring my... Has anyone got a phone? Has anyone got their phones here? Are they okay? Well, it's just that... The other day, I've, my phone developed the glitch. I don't know, you know, some some contacts were missing, and then and then some emails and texts, and then calls stopped connecting. You, you know that feeling, and then Facebook seemed creepy. <laughs> Go figure. Instagram empty, and Twitter aggressive, and LinkedIn depressing. I mean, something was wrong, and like I was out of my depth, you know, without tech support. So I, I had went back to the place where I bought it. And I have to say, it's really impressive when you go to that store. All of these beautiful products and clever young experts with lovely haircuts and interesting shirts. I mean, aren't they a special breed? I can only imagine the lives they must lead where everything works, you know. Tablets and phones all backed up via Wi-Fi links, your music, your video, the kitchen sink, and they got Bluetooth gadgets to open the doors and salt shakers with little LED screens that record your intake and alert your GP. <laughs> look, look, when I'm a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to technology, when I access settings on my phone, I get four or five, but my clever young expert could get 99. <laughs> She found settings there to restore world peace, to update my plan and double my fees, but she just flicked through them all in the blink of an eye because the problem was already obvious to see. It wasn't the phone. The problem was me. This tired old brain. Not enough memory, not enough speed. The, the cortex was still running Windows. XP. <laughs> Look, she, she installed an app to improve my IQ and started looking for other things she could do, but... And there was a plug-in device to make me upgradable, but I'd already lost the cable, so she stuck the dongle straight up my nose. I, I began to get the basic functions back, but that's when she discovered that I'd been hacked. <laughs> there were Russian bots in my frontal lobe. Viruses, Trojans, malicious code, my brain acted evil. It's no exaggeration to say I was a person of interest to the CIA. They said I filled Facebook with messages of hate. They said I was acting as a rogue state. My job, my wife, the car, they all disappeared. Called me traitor. The reasons weren't clear. It was something to do with North Korea. Look, I ran from the shop. I threw down my phone and I yanked out the dongle and I felt so alone. Disconnected, unsupported, without warranty. I was a technology orphan. No reason to live. I was dead in a ditch on the day my phone developed the glitch. Yeah. All right. Now. Okay, well, I, I think it's actually going to be uh, four shows because that's only... Uh, one of Alan's poems, and we're at 
well, just almost 28 minutes. So I'm going to hold it there because the next poem is actually quite long. It'll go over time. Uh, but if you are looking for poetry things, there is the Melbourne Spoken Word Festival coming up. Go to melbournespokenword.com online and uh, to the events page and you'll see all of the things there. Uh, but to wrap up for now, this is George O'Hara for 3CR's Spoken Word. <laughs>